1: 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968 That's eight hundred eight one seven twenty nine sixty eight. Ladies
2: and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look into combat sports. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council.
3: But it's something else to watch two men at the highest level battle, and one may be favored over the other, but you never know what's going to happen, and and that's what that's why boxing is the way it is.
2: And now the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history. He
4: comes on damn near Parpedo's full steam ahead. Pedro Fernandez. <laughs> y Caballos,
3: bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, emanating coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC TV. Austin imitated but never duplicated, 37 make that, 38 plus years now of knocking out all bums. Who am I? My name is Pedro Fernandez. I am your ever so modest host. I'm also a four-time Golden Glove champion. At one point in time, was nationally ranked as an amateur boxer here in the continental United States. And, and get this. I've won some awards for my boxing writing, so supposedly I got it all covered. I know a little bit about boxing, but guess what? I've always found out the average fan knows more than me, so I will open up the toll-free listener line at the top of each hour just for you. You want to win part? You can. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, there's also the guilt-free no-commitment text line. You want to text us here in the studio? That number, 415-415. Two seven five one six one three. That's four one five two seven five one six one three. Well, guess what? Jose Cepeda won last night in crushing fashion. We'll talk about that in depth, of course. And uh, there's a new WBA champ at 147 pounds. Wait a second. How many champs are there of the WBA at 147 pounds? Well, guess what? We'll have the WBA attorney on the show next week, Mark Rizmo. But in this week, we'll talk about the WBA, and of course, Virgil Ortiz is going to take on Earl Spence. Man, I'm licking my chops. I can't wait. I can't wait for that young Latino to get that Earl Spence in the ring. Earl Spence, of course, got tossed out of a car at 120 miles an hour. He ain't the same. He never will be. Straight up, you're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Raleigh Romero, a rapist. We'll talk about that after the break. You're tuned to Ring Talk WBC TV.
5: Steel man pills. Things weren't yeah, always it. looking up if you catch yeah. my drift. So my doctor prescribed me a little something.
2: Like Viagra?
5: Yeah, but that's expensive, and it wasn't covered by my insurance. Okay. Steel man um, pills cost me less than three bucks a pill, and virtually the same effect. I just called and got over forty pills for only ninety-nine dollars. I have this friend who might be looking and Well, if your friend wants some help, the consultation is free over the phone. No clinic. Steelman pills sends it in the mail in a confidential package. I'm on it. I'm- mean my v- friend will be on it
2: steel man pills going the extra mile to help men with erectile dysfunction
1: 800-399-3691 800-399-3691 800-399-3691 that's 800-399-3691
6: do you own an annuity either fixed rate indexed or variable are you paying high fees and getting low returns if so
1: 1759.
4: Well, I'm on Ring Talk, and as you know, this is one of the first shows that got onto the internet. Uh, my friend Pedro is a true fighter in his own uh, his own uh, mind, I should say, but he really is. I seen him exercising the other day, getting ready for somebody. I don't know who it is because everybody is taking shots at him, so I see him getting himself in good condition so that he could fire back. Never been one to say die. Never one one to hide out he comes on, damn the parpedos, full steam ahead.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
3: Little story behind that Don King quip there. I goes gangster slapping people in the Times Square gym in the 1989 WBC convention, I think in, uh, in uh, New York City and I had been retired for a year and I was still gangster slapping people bottom line is Don saw it. Don said to me you want to fight again I said you out of your mind you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC TV of course the hot news coming out of Las Vegas uh, actually in New York Showtime Championship Boxing Steven Espinosa talking about uh, report. Rep- how could it be? Allegations against Raleigh Romero, who was set, of course, to fight Javante Davis December the 5th on Showtime pay-per-view and a lightweight title about. But the bottom line is Raleigh Romero has some accusations levied against him. So we go to the Bronx and bring in the Bronx, Bomber, Boxing's PhD, Socrates Palmer for the actual news of verbiage. What's happening with Raleigh Romero, Sock?
4: Hey, Pedro. Well... As first uh, was reported by, I believe, Mike Coppinger of ESPN, uh, a 24-year-old woman from Henderson, uh, Nevada, which is, I believe, uh, where Rolly Romero's uh, home is, is accusing him of sexual assault. Um, Piggyback, there were rumors that there were eight other women that were uh, ready to come out as well. But as far as I know, and the report said that this 24-year-old actually went to the police uh, right away, Showtime's reaction, uh, as per Espinoza, that they're investigating it. But everyone seems to think that it's just a matter of days before they pull Romero out completely. And that's where we're at. And then there's a whole bunch of fighters on the internet raising their hands, saying that they want the opportunity. No, 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 no.
3: Don't pull him This, This makes for some intrigue. Keep him in the fight. He hasn't been convicted of a crime yet. You know what I'm saying? He, has not been, he hasn't been convicted of a crime yet. So you keep him in the fight. There's all this interest. And then these women picket the fight. They boycott it. They put up picket lines, the whole nine yards. I love it. Let's go back to the 80s all over again.
4: Hey, listen, I, I, re- I was not the best uh, history student, but I do believe that there's something that says you are innocent until proven guilty. And let the young man, ha- let him have his day in court and let him fight. Um, you know, I'm a parent of a daughter. Women are sacred to me. Like they should, you know, all over the world like they should be. But these are just allegations. And let's keep it real, Pedro. When has boxing ever really been sensitive to women? I mean, Mike Tyson is is a notorious former batterer. Floyd Mayweather has given his baby mama some uppercuts. I mean, and the list goes on and on. And these guys keep, you know, obviously getting paydays and selling out arenas. Let Romero uh, have his day in court and let him fight.
3: I'm gonna do my best Chuck Willery impression, impression right here. Well, thanks a lot, Sock, because later on in the show we'll hear from Mike Tyson and Robin Gibbons right here on my show.
4: <laughs> Back in two and two.
3: Yeah, well, anyway, I was trying to. I'm, I'm trying to pre-sell something. In hour number two, we're gonna go with Robin Gibbons. Mike Tyson, of course, and Jim—actually uh Jim, Jim Carrey—and uh, one of the Wayans brothers, and some chick, and bottom line is they're all doing a parody on Mike Tyson and Robin Gibbons, of course. Robin Gibbons—I did I ever tell you that her attorney sent me a letter?
4: No, you didn't. He sent that me a letter. A Get
3: this—he sent me a letter because I—I I was misspelling her name on, on on purpose. I was calling her R O B B I N apostrophe. Oh. Okay. She, her lawyer sent me a letter. Wow. I was a cease like, and what season desist letter. I mean, I was doing this in flash magazine. This was back. I think it was, yeah, I think we were doing I don't even think we were doing on the internet yet. I think we were still on. Yeah, we were still in flash magazine. Uh, I believe. And yeah, she sent me a, a, a long a, the lawyer. Sent me a long letter. Bottom line is they took offense at the fact I was calling her robbing instead of Robin
4: hmm. Ouch. That's-
3: Be- because she was robbing. Uh,
0: yeah, yes. I mean, anyway, talking about
3: any chick that shows up to her first date with three accountants and her mother, she's looking, she's looking. This, come on, that's a money digger.
4: Anyway, how's Sebastian doing there? He's doing good. He's uh, he's teething, so you know he's pretty much uh, he's chewing on his pacifier. And...
3: Okay, yeah, we hear that. We hear the Tower of Power theme music there in the background here. But listen, Sock, I want to wish you the best. Thank you for filling us up to date here on this. Uh, Gervonta Davis, Raleigh Romero fight. I'm pulling for Raleigh Romero. Not that I'm pulling. Listen, Raleigh is a weird dude. We're, I mean, we can, admit, we yes. can say, but but everybody's weird to extent. And there's not a crime against being weird. Okay. There's a crime against assaulting women, but there's not a crime against being weird because if there was crime against being weird. The guy in the other room and me will both be in prison.
4: <laughs> yeah. He's a little eccentric. He's a, you know, he comes off a little slow um, for his sake. And you know, you know I hope that the allegations are not true. However, women? If they are true,
1: eight women.
4: You know, yeah, bro. It's when there's smoke, there's fire, but I um, mean, come on, man. Quick, that, sounds, that's, last,
3: that sounds like, that sounds like a forest fire.
4: Yeah. And, and you know what? The last thing I, I actually just read, the leading candidate to replace him is Isaac Pitbull Cruz. Who's really a, a light, a junior, uh, a junior lightweight. But, he's a little bit he's, he's he's more seasoned than Romero I mean let's face it most people think Romero is in way over his head and Showtime's probably going to lose their shirt on this pay-per-view so no,
3: no, I don't I don't I think Raleigh Romero's the baddest the most well-dressed dude in the 135 pound division anybody that can show up for a press conference in Las Vegas is like 95 degrees and wear a fur coat you got to have some uh, audacity
4: yeah, yeah, he's not—he's—he's he's surely not short on the stones. Uh,
3: yeah. Anyway, go back to Sebastian. We'll talk soon.
4: Thank you, my brother. Great soccer. The great Socrates Palmer. Day.
3: Now let's go to the weekend review. Of course, some big fights happening. We had the women's bout for the uh, uh, for the WBC title. We'll get into that a little bit later. Of course, that was a big event down there in South uh, in Mexico. Wow, Jaron Ennis. Wow, what can I say about him other than he's from the city of brotherly love and he can fight? Of course, still undefeated now. Knocked out Thomas Dworakme last night in one round. What can I say? Blank. It's over. Um, Lenny El Animal Albert thinks that uh, Ennis is the real deal. I think Ennis still got a lot of proving to do. I think the real deal is Virgil Ortiz, and of course, Virgil Ortiz is probably going to hook up with Earl Spence next. You know, Earl Spence, that guy that should be dead. The guy. I mean, come on. You flip out of a car at 115 miles an hour and you live. And you're going to try to tell me that you're going to be okay enough to box? I ain't going for that. I'm betting against Earl Spence. I just I'm betting against Earl Spence. I'll probably put up 2 300 bucks. See who wants to bet Earl Spence come to me. We'll, we'll bet a couple hundred bucks on that one straight up. I really think that uh Virgil's got a great edge, great chance of winning. But the Zubeda fight last night, holy cow. I mean, Jose Zapatero, Joshua um Joshua comes to us from the Bronx, one of the Bronx Bombers, and that was Socrates' big guy, no doubt about that, Joshua Vargas. But man, did he get lit up? I mean, holy cow. And then somebody tried to tell me that Zabeda got lucky. How could Zabeda get lucky when he's 34 and 2? I mean, even 34 and 2, if he fought 34 bums like me, you know, he'd still have maybe a couple of losses on his record. But the bottom line is 34 and 2, good knockout puncher, but not a. Not an overly exciting fighter. Not a guy that's going to sell tickets. None of that kind of good stuff. Okay, he's just a damn good fighter. Well, a damn good fighter prevailed last night. It was a wild first round. The ups, downs was like the like an Otis Elevator commercial. Ups, downs, you name it. Um, <laughs> it was a bit funny, but at the end, Jose Zepeda won a very, uh, very exciting first round knockout. Outside of that, yeah, as I said, Jamal James got stopped by Razba Budavev. and of course, yesterday, um, Socrates Palmer said he was he was being Facetious. I said to him, so what about Jamal James? He goes, Who? Who? Yeah, exactly. Because you know, he didn't think too much of him. Last night he got lit up, got lit up inside the distance for the WBA title. Now, the WBA title, how many WBA champions are there? This is why the Associated Association of Boxing Commissions got all up their keister because of the fact they've got, like, 19 champions in each weight class, and they've got interim champions and vacant champions and regular champions and super champions, all that kind of good stuff. Now, I'm not trying to say my sponsor, the WBC, doesn't proliferate title belts to an extent too, okay, but not like the world of Bunko and Anarchy that I call the WBA. Of course, speaking of WBA, to show you that I give them equal press – Next week, we will have the WBA attorney on the show, Mark Risman, of course, out of Las Vegas, Nevada. He's the WBA lead attorney, and he's been my partner. He's been my attorney. Got me out of trouble a couple of times. I'm willing to admit it. Got me out of trouble a couple of times. Not in criminal trouble, but it's trouble me and my big mouth. Um, but he got me out of trouble a couple of times. He's a class act. We'll have him next week because he's, he's a wonderful guy. I know back. No doubt about that. You are doing The Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing, MMA, Outside of that, you know, it was a women's bout last night. Chantelle Cameron was a winner. She beat Mary McGee, and Archie Sharp won on Friday night, and he beat uh, uh, Alex Cabor. But the highlight of the last couple of weeks, no doubt in my mind, was Shakur Stevenson and that gangster slapping of Jamal Herring. He should be arrested for domestic violence. You got to go. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide in WBC TV. <laughs>
8: So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. Here's a
7: COVID-19 update. 325
1: 1780
2: that's 800-603-0885. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. (laughs)
9: Well, you know, it's my theory that if uh, Don King was born rich and white, he'd be Donald Trump. And if Donald Trump was born uh, poor and black, he'd be Don
10: King. Fellas, I'm ready to get up and do my thing go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I want to get into it, man, you know Like a, like a sex machine, man Moving, doing it, you know Can I count it off? One, two, three, four Get
8: up, get on up Get up
3: From on on the retired I'm I chuckling up. here From the godfather of soul, the retired HBO godfather himself I'm talking about Mr. Larry Merchant Larry, how are you in the godmama this morning, sir?
9: Uh, well, we're looking out at uh, what we used to call June swoon is now October swoon, which is uh, everything is under the clouds.
3: Oh well, you know, you didn't, you never lived in San Francisco. We live in fog like mm, probably two, three quarters of the year. Um, no doubt about well, that. Well,
9: I'm not moving to San Francisco then.
3: Well, obviously, yeah, but, but but it beats Philadelphia and Brooklyn.
9: I love San
3: Francisco. <laughs> okay, good one. Larry, we are six days away, from, of course, from the boxing's pound-for-pound pound King Canelo Alvarez. Of course, Saul Alvarez, that's his official name. Once beaten fighter, lost that decision when he was green as guacamole to uh, Floyd Mayweather back in the day. Like, seemed like a decade ago, probably. Anyway, bottom line, he's taking on undefeated Caleb plant an American with a title belt. Um, what does Caleb bring to the dance besides the belt? Would you
9: repeat that?
3: I said, "What does Caleb Plant bring to the dance with Canelo? Alvarez besides his belt?"
9: Um. Well, uh, he's a pretty good-looking fighter. Okay. Uh, and I think it's obvious why Canelo picked him out because the the Brits love boxing mm-hmm. the way people in the U.S. used to love boxing and they're gonna buy a lot of pay per views and make a lot of money. But at the same time it's uh you know, he can't he can't relax, it's it's not an easy opponent. It may not be the toughest, but you gotta be on his game.
3: You know, back in the day, um, Riddick Bowe and Lennox Lewis screwed around and uh, they didn't have a fight they were supposed to have. I remember Lennox Lewis wanted to do something in the game, being knocked out by Oliver McCall. And then um, Riddick Bowe threw his title belt in the trash. Cannon London, some some uh, publicity stunt put on by his manager, Rock Newman. Now, we had Anthony Joshua, who was in line to fight Tyson Fury for like all the money in, that you can put in an armored car, probably and more. Um and then he goes he says well you know I got the Sky Sports contract still I got one fight left on I want to get rid of it before I go to um fight Tyson fear for the for the big money so I'm going to fight Oleksic and he gets beat so his value just like goes down the drain so what I'm trying to say is these guys don't bite at the apple when the apples there Larry and now the apple's gone as far as Joshua and Fury's concerned
9: Well he saw a bigger apple down the road a monstrous apple so that was a calculation uh, that went wrong, but uh, a legitimate calculation.
3: Okay, I couldn't find about that. Now Anthony Joshua is—he's you know—he's talking about he wanted to go to Eddie Renoso, he wanted to go to different trainers, this and that. <clears throat> I'm of the opinion you can't make—I'll say this right—you can't make chicken soup out of chicken spit. So I'm not trying to say he's chicken spit. What I'm trying to say is. I, I don't think another trainer is really going to be the answer for a guy like anthony Joshua. you think you think there would be some improvement or that's a good move for him
9: well uh, psychologically it may mean something to have a different pair of eyes and a different hand to observe and and try to treat the problem mm-hmm. um, so i think that's I'm, I, I don't know enough about the trainers, but uh, it's not the first time that a fighter has fired a trainer, and uh, after a major loss, and uh, to see if uh, what happened in the in the loss was who he is, or were there still parts of him that uh, could be better? Okay.
3: Raleigh Romero is supposed to take on Javante Davis. Raleigh Romero is an undefeated lad fighting out of Las Vegas for Al Heyman and his crew. Um, I think Floyd Mayweather is his manager. But he's undefeated and he's supposed to take on Javante Davis December 5th on Showtime pay-per-view. But now these women have come forward, eight or eight, several women have come forward and accused him of sexual assault. Unless he's convicted of a crime, should he be removed from that fight? from that fight?
9: Well, I don't know any of the particulars. I don't know how far it's gone in the legal system. Um, so I, but, I but, don't know. I but, mean, but look. My,
3: my question for you is, would criminal charges be enough to pull him out of the fight, to, to remove him from the fight?
9: Probably. Okay,
3: all right. I guess there's a, some, type, is there some type, I can't remember the, uh, the word that's used when you're supposed to act really perfect within a contract, um. But anyway, but the bottom line, I guess, there's some contingency in his law in, in his contract. If he's a bad character, they can contract. They can cancel it. Is that what I'm, you, know, you see? What I'm trying to say there.
9: Yeah. Um, look, if it, if it if they think it it will affect the gate, that people will be turned off, then uh, they have that right. You know, in a lot of contracts. Uh, In the small print, it says in case of war, uh, this could happen. In case of uh, a typhoon, that could happen. So uh, I don't know how their contracts read, but uh, um, I think they ought to pull back and give it time to uh, crystallize.
3: Looks like Dillian White's going to be the next challenger for Tyson Fury, the World Linear Heavyweight Champion, of course, 31-0-1. The three fights with Deontay Wilder now in the rearview mirror, a draw and two wins wins inside the distance. Um, Tyson Fury, Dillian White, I don't know what's up with Dillian White, but Barry Hearn has tried his hardest to get this guy a title fight no matter what. Sort of like maybe he's got dirty pictures of Barry Hearn or something like that. I don't get it, but is Dillian White something I should be— Excited about?
9: Probably not. But, you know, uh, Joe Lewis famously fought the bums of the month between the big fights. And sometimes if a big fight doesn't make any sense, then you, uh, you go down a, a level and just stay active and in front of people mm-hmm. and make a high percentage of the money. You know, speaking of
3: Joe Lewis, speaking of Joe Lewis, I, when I last saw him, of course, he was the the Ali uh, the Ali Holmes debacle, in, of course, October nineteen eighty. But in nineteen fifty one, before he fought Marciano, got stopped in the eighth round, he went through seven guys. And so I was looking at the records. Okay, guys, was there anything left to Joe Lewis, or was he just fortunate that the opposition was correct there with those seven guys?
9: Um. Look, he could beat every man on the planet except Marciano at that stage of his career. Wow.
3: Okay. That's that's what I wanted. that's what I wanted to hear from you. He can beat every man on the planet outside of Marciano. Now of course Ryan Garcia's broken his hand, he's had some issues. The guys had a rough year, no doubt about that. Raleigh Romero roughed him up in the gym. Back to Raleigh Romero, of course. Now, as far as the heavyweight division is concerned, Joshua and um and Fury removed from remove those two guys. We really don't have any Americans knocking on the door, do we?
9: Uh, I haven't seen one. Have you?
3: No. I mean, I think, Wilder, I think the door's been slammed shut on Deontay Wilder. You think so?
9: It's up to him. He, if he really wants to be a fighter, if he really wants to make more money, then uh, he can find some heavyweights to beat. And show his stuff and then uh, fight one of the elite guys if that's his goal. If he just wants to look in the mirror and how beautiful he looks, then that's another matter. No, no doubt about that.
3: The WBA has got the uh, Cuban, of course, that beat uh, Manny Pacquiao. I think they're a little upset that he beat Manny Pacquiao. They're putting him, making him jump through un- unusual hoops. It's just another. More sanctioning body mishaps, and I'm a little upset with that. And of course, I've got a sanctioning body sponsor that I'm not afraid to criticize if need be. But the bottom line is the WBA, of course, they were in the the uh, crosshairs of the Association of Boxing Commissions for all their championships this and that. Do you think those people will ever like resemble a b- proper business?
9: Um, boxing was not designed to be a proper business from the first fight okay. to now. I mean, it's it's um, individual athletes, it's their promoters, it's the opportunities, uh, all mixed up. So it's not a proper business.
3: Okay. Good point. There's a bunch of subcontractors. Godfather, you and the Godmama have a good week. Give her, uh, give her my regards, without a doubt. And what are you doing this week?
9: Um. Well, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm going to stay out of the gym, where I work out for once or twice a week. Uh, just to do more walking, I've been having more success at at getting around and going up and down hills and such.
3: Well, that's wonderful. Kiss the God, Mama. We'll talk soon, sir.
9: Happy Halloween. The greatest
3: Larry Merchant on Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC-TV.
1: 800-754-4531.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
8: Hardest hustle anything is
4: boxing, though. I don't know what you do for a limbo. but pretty sure ain't nobody punching you all in your ass. I watched one fight. Roy Jones got hit so hard, my TV moved. He was sleep like he got knocked out of the club. The ref was like 241, 242. Roy was snoring. He was really knocked out.
3: They were hooking it up at Friday's weigh, and I'm talking about the super lightweight from Mexico, Jose Chan Zapata. Now 35 and two 27 wax he needed a minute and 45 seconds to get revenge on Brooklyn's Joshua the Prodigy Vargas. Not so much the Prodigy per se. 19 and two nine kills. Of course, they shoved each other at the weigh-in on Friday, and of course went back and forth. And the bottom line was. Man, you know, I mean, from the first punch on, it was like left-hander. It looked like a battle of left hands. It happened so fast, you couldn't figure out what was going on. But the bottom line is, Cepeda can fight. I know Hector doesn't, like, Hector doesn't like his style, but there's no doubt about it. He can fight. I mean, he can fight, no doubt about that. And, of course, Josh Vargas needs to go back to the dressing room. But he took on a guy that had, you know, he's like, he comes in with 21 fights. I think he got 37 fights. That's almost double the experience. Of course, he had a few years on him, but uh, age doesn't always matter. Unbeaten, <laughs> unbeaten contender. I didn't even know this guy existed. Raisabat Buduiev now 14-11 KOs won a ninth round TKO over WB regular welterweight champion. Remember, I told you WB's got. Super champions, they got Cuddy the champion, they got Cuddy the champion, I'm a champion, um, this guy was a champion, What's his name, Jamal James, he was a champion. Shango, they named, well, Shango, you got lit up. Bottom line is Shango now 28-2, 12 KOs got stopped in the ninth round, uh, dethroned from the WBA regular welterweight championship, of course. I th- wasn't Virgil-, isn't Virgil Ortiz the WBA champ? I I'm confused, I have to look that one up. Anyway, bottom line is uh, <coughs> Budabev. Uh, Budev is he was a good fighter. You know that about the time was two minutes and two seconds. A Cel- Celestino Ruiz, of course, out of Chicago. I don't know where he's living now, but he was originally out of Chicago. My Puerto Rican buddy referee there. He stopped the fight at two minutes and twelve seconds of the ninth round. Outside of the rest of the results for the weekend, you know, eh, we'll go into the the fact that you know women were like center stage and a couple of different. Uh, a couple of different venues last night, one in Mexico and I think one here in the United States. And female boxing, listen, if female boxing was delivers, I'm with it. Speaking of delivering, I want to give her some props. Clarissa Shields, I get on her case all the time. I think she's got a big mouth. I think the only thing she's really done good was, you know, going after Jake Paul because I think she can beat Jake Paul. But um, she got li- she got beaten a split decision on an MMA fight last week. So, you know, I think, listen, she's got stones, intestinal fortitude. I mean, you can say whatever you want about her. She's a big mouth. She can be she's racist, maybe. You say whatever you want to say about her, okay? She's got stones. I mean, she, she's fighting MMA fights. She, she won the first one. I think she lost the second one. She was like two and one or something like that. Now. But the bottom line is she never did the MMA thing before, but she said, you know what? I'm going to try the MMA thing because I've mastered boxing. And she maybe has mastered boxing by winning titles, but she hasn't captivated me. She needs to do something. I mean, as far as the... I'm, consider me the average boxing fan. When I look at Clarissa Shields, I say, "Yeah, you know, I want to see some zap, some punch. I want to see some punch, but she's got... She wants to box too much. I think the girls want to box too much. And I think if people... Myself? Not always. I mean, I appreciate the purists. I love Pernell Whitaker. I thought Pernell Whitaker schooled Julio Cesar Chavez back in 1995. I think it was 95 when they battled in the Alamo Dome for like 12 rounds and and they called it a draw afterwards because that was a fight when I bet Jack Tatum, the late number 32 Hall of Famer of the Oakland Raiders, NFL Hall of Famer, I bet Chavez and he bet Whitaker. And after the 10th round, I just went over and gave him the money. It was like 50 bucks. I just went and gave Jack the money. Because, you know, I mean, cause Chavez was so far off. He didn't win about like maybe one or two rounds. Whitaker was pitching like almost a shutout. He was painting him like he was a picket fence, a brown picket fence. All right. Uh, <clears throat> and went to a draw. They called it a draw. I was like, oh. So, you know, me having the audacity, the chutzpah that I have, uh, I went back over to Jackson, give him my money back. Said, what? I said, it's a draw, Jack. Just like the point spread point and a half, point and a half, it went two points. I got to win, I got to win, or I got to lose. Bottom line is, this was a draw. So he gave me the money back. We laughed about it. I don't think we ever bet again. I got to see him a few times before he ended up passing away from leukemia, not leukemia, uh, diabetes. He was a guy that had some sugar levels. So, bottom line is, Jack Tatum was the most awesome man outside of football the nicest guy you're ever going to come in contact with but on that field he was a stone cold killer the hardest hitter maybe pound for pound or one of them him or him and, and Ronnie Lott number 42 of the SF 49ers but Jack Tatum when he hit Daryl Stingley he snapped his spine that's how hard he hit him I mean that's how hard he but straight up Jack Tatum was a great guy no doubt about that I miss Jack I'm sorry to go into a Jack Tatum story there anyway 118 pounder John Sultan. Won a 10-round decision over a previous unbeaten Carlos Caballero. I thought Caballero looked really good last night. I'm watching this fight. I'm saying to myself, you know, he's 14-0, 14 kills, but he was get knocked down, got knocked down a few times. Bottom line is it was a competitive fight. Scores were 94-93 times three for Sultan at the end. Um, it was a pretty good fight. And, you know, these are fights that are, that are happening with developing fighters. I mean, these guys aren't at the upper echelon of boxing yet, but they're exciting. They're well-matched. This you know, this is a good match. you got to have a well-matched. Well, matchmaking is everything, just everything. Because if you don't make the matches well, you have these 90% – I call them 90% fights. These 99% fights, almost 100% fights. In other words, the other guy absolutely has no chance. The guy that is the opponent for the guy that's supposed to win, the other guy has no – the only chance the other guy has is that your guy might get a heart attack. Outside of that, it ain't hap- – the win ain't happening. Okay, It just ain't happening. When you have opponents like that, I think that's what takes away from boxing, and people can see that, especially in women's boxing, because of the fact that the talent level or the talent pool, or there aren't that many women per, ca- per capita boxing professionally, so it's a limited uh, number of contenders, per se, but I think some of the quality of women's boxing has sort of dropped off the map in the last couple of years, and I've been on this and time and time again, so I'm no newcomer to this one, but I think that... They ought to take a note from the women that do the MMA thing. I mean the MMA thing, these chicks know you know I've got the whole world looking at me, and they're all saying, "Can this chick fight that's what they're saying. can this chick fight all right, she just a girl with you know, with gloves on I mean that's what they want to know right Well guess what <clears throat> these women boxers, the ones that want to address this as just you know having wanted to box and this kind of good stuff no you got to deliver I'm sorry that you ha- I'm sorry they have to say this but you're under the gun more than men are because men have have been, you know, been in boxing since the beginning of boxing. You guys come along, you were a freak show originally. I mean, you know, back 25, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, there was a few women boxers here and there, but not enough to count. Okay, now you've got, you know, women division well, women's division from one hundred 105 pounds all the way to heavyweight, a heavyweight woman. Well, that's got to be pretty big. But the bottom line is women's boxing has come a long way in the past 25 or 30 years. And I think that the young lady that I had on the show, uh, a couple fortnights ago I'm talking about Christy Martin the coal miner's daughter she laid the groundwork for all the women to make money she just did she laid the groundwork for them to make money in fact if they didn't follow her blueprint they probably didn't make all that much money because she was able to work fans she was able to work the fact that she was woman she woman she could fight and she came to fight she came she came she was entertaining in other words it wasn't a christy Martin. fight <laughs> You wouldn't be sitting there snoring, falling asleep, watching Christy Martin fight. I mean, that just wasn't the way she performed. She came out there, and she did it all. Her and Lucia Riker, that would have been like the, I think, the uh, Leonard Duran uh, of women's boxing. The Roberto Duran-Sugar uh, Ray Leonard uh, matchup, of course, the trilogy. They had a three-fight series, the first fight in 1980. Of course, Duran won the 15-round decision. Duran lost the second one when he said no mosque. And then, like, 10 years later, I think in 1990, they did it again, and Roberto was so old... The just for men didn't work. I mean, just yeah. I mean, that's how old he was, and he was slow that night. No doubt about that. That was a night that they boxed outdoors. And get this: there was the opening of the Mirage Hotel, December seventh, nineteen ninety. I think it was. I think that was the date. And nineteen ninety or 18, 89, 89. Anyway, it was so cold. It was so cold. Frost came out of your nose. I ain't kidding you. It was like thirty four degrees, thirty five degrees. Without the lights. You know, the lights under the ring that was keeping things warm a little warmer? Yeah, the light. thank God the lights were there because it was 35 degrees, 38 degrees in the audience, like you Nan. And people were saying to me, it's cold here. This ain't Las Vegas. Of course, this was Bob Halloran and um, what was the guy that was, Steve Wynn, when they opened up the Mirage Hotel. This is how they opened up the great Mirage Hotel. Of course, a volcano in front, that kind of good stuff. Volcano's still going. I saw it a couple of weeks ago when I was down there, of course, seeing Bruno Mars. But that was the kickoff of the Mirage Hotel. The Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard fight, the 31, which was the most uninspiring fight you've ever going to see in your life, probably out of both guys, no doubt about that. Ray was like 32 going on, th- I mean, 35 going on 35. Roberto was like 37 going on 35 or 40 going on 90. You know what I mean? He was just so old and so slow he wasn't even competitive, no doubt about that. But they settled it. I think they settled the score. At least, you know, as far as the numbers are concerned, Leonard's got two wins over Duran. Duran's got the one win. But that one win over Leonard, June 20th, 1980, Roberto Duran should have been arrested for domestic violence. He beat up on Sugar Ray Leonard so bad in that fight. I mean, I was like, you know, when you— and you turn your face on people watching me here on twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel, the live video stream. They see what I'm doing. But, you, you know, you, yeah, God, you know, you're in, when you're in the audience and you turn away from punches because they're so clean. But Duran was landing those right hand leads. And of course, that left hooky he landed in the second round. I remember what Mike Trainer told me. Mike Trainer was a Washington, D.C., he's probably still is a Washington, D.C., I mean, he's still alive. He's a Washington, D.C. based attorney. And he was Mike Trainer, the like trainer. That was his name, Trainer. Um, but he was Ray Leonard's boxing guru. He was the guy that went out there and got Ray Leonard a uh, syndication where Ray didn't owe anybody any money. After a certain amount of time, these people invested money in him, and then he paid the money back, so he owned himself. So he never had people owning a piece of him. That's what Ray used to tell me, Pedro. Pedro nobody owns me. Nobody owns me. But Mike Trainer, he was the genius of all. I mean. He just was, man. You gotta give Mike all kinds of props. But in that fight with Roberto Duran, this is what he told me. I said, Mike, what were you thinking, man? We're down there in Florida kicking in, I think, in in the pool. And uh as Hearns as as Ray was training for the second Hearns fight in nineteen eighty nine, May of eighty nine, and he says to me, He goes, you know, after Ray got hit with that hook in the second round, he goes, "I just lit up a cigarette because you can smoke then in the fights." I just it was outdoors in Montreal. He goes, "I just lit up a cigarette and hoped to God he wouldn't get hurt because I knew he wasn't going to win this fight." He goes, "So I was already calculating a rematch about the fourth of the fifth round." I said, "Cool." I said, "So how did that rematch come to place?" Of course, the No Moss fight. Well. This is what happened. People were telling me that Duran was fat as a pig down there in Panama, dancing, had his belly hanging out, was doing, playing the conga drums and the timbales and all this kind of good stuff, just partying every night harder than you could ever imagine. I said, yeah. He goes, so I figure, you know, Duran, um, you know, he was probably in a good position to not be ready to fight in six or eight weeks. If we signed him to fight, I said, "Yeah, okay, okay. Well, tell me what. You, what do you mean by that?" So anyway, he goes to Duran was 205 pounds reported 205 pounds. He had to make 147 pounds. So I told him in late September that he was gonna if he fought Ray in November, November 25th, 1980 to be exact, he would get 8.5 million dollars. Now get this, Roberto Duran had never made more than a million five in his entire life. He would have castrated himself. Personally, he would have done it himself, I think, to get eight million bucks. He just would have. I mean, anybody would have. You come from a a world of hunger, a world of, uh, of deprivation, a world where you really haven't got anything, and you're fighting for everything, and they offer you a million and a half bucks, and you win that fight. Of course, he thought it was a eh, pretty easy fight. That's what I remember him saying, a pretty easy fight the first time. Never an easy fight with Sugar Ray Leonard, but he beat Ray the first time. The second time, you know, the $8.5 million bucks, he took the the bait, the carrot. He knew he wasn't ready for it, and, you know, Ray he wasn't ready for it either. Ray and Mike Trainer, obviously, that's why they— Push the fight as hard as they did and when Roberto Duran went to Don King a couple weeks before the fight said I need a few weeks to uh, two weeks more to train He said no man no mas no mas time for training so the bottom line is that is what led to no mas of course with Roberto Duran and Sugar Leonard. are they training are they friends today they say they are you are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide WBC TV
2: Spring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC.
1: eight hundred three oh six one seven six O eight hundred three oh six one seven six O eight hundred three oh six one seven six O That's eight hundred three oh six seventeen sixty. Come
6: on, you watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than 1000 If you owe the IRS 5000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation.
1: Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635. You're
2: listening to Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Brought to you by the World Boxing Council. The WBC, right here on Sports Byline.
3: little pool in the background here. Of course, this is the Tower of Power. Ain't nothing stopping us now. Ain't nothing stopping this show now. 37, make that 38 plus years now. I think we've been on 1,986 weeks. Was that it, Cuddy? Was that it last week? 1,985 weeks, something like that. 1,985 weeks of Ring Talk Live radio. Wow, I can't believe that. But the bottom line is... Numbers Don't Lie. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide, You're inside look into the world of boxing, MMA, of course, Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, Saturday for an hour, Sunday for two hours, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, the American Force Network, I can go on and on, but the bottom line is we're also on Veeve TV and, of course, Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel. Now, I want to mention a couple things before I go to, of course, the top of the hour after that racist and un- very biased news broadcast we'll hear. Uh, we'll go with hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, we'll bring in uh, a funny lady. We'll spend some time with a funny lady, Claire Burke. I had her on last week, but I didn't touch on the subject I wanted to touch on. We'll also hear from Mike Tyson and Robin Gibbons at the height of their marriage. Of course, prior to their marriage, the kids that back. The bottom line is we'll hear from Mike Tyson and Robin Gibbons in depth in hour number two. Now, we're talking about Edwin Rosario. Somebody shot me a little text here on the uh, Twitch.TV thing. I think it was Robert Hernandez on Edwin Rosario. Edwin Rosario. Without a doubt, when he fought, fought Edwin Virouette Virouet, I believe fought Edwin Virouet, I believe that was in 1982 on the Duran Benitez Undercard, I got to talk to him through his translator, and he was a pretty cool little mellow guy. One of those guys that was so mellow that, you know, like like Miguel Cotto, these guys must like, be, on, be on heroin or, or Valium or something like that. It was like, they're so mellow, like, I mean, they're just, they're like, they're not amped at all, Cause okay? They're just not, not amped at all. Anyway, spent a couple times talking to him through a translator, um, nice guy, no doubt about that. But, of course, then he, he ran into Loretto Garza back in June of 1991. And don't I know people think I'm going to be bragging and boasting this kind of stuff, but he knocked out Loretto Garza. I could have beat Loretto Garza. That's why Loretto Garza left the Golden Gloves, because I was coming after him. battle of mine is he turned pro, and he ended up fighting for the WBA title and winning that, I think, against Vinny Pazienza. But he lost to Edwin Rosario. And I think that I could have beat Loretta Garza. This is my personal opinion. No doubt about that. Um, I'd be, be a little biased on that one. But, you know, that's the way I see it. I mean, I could, think I could have beat him. I think I could have beat Juan Koji. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Anyway, a couple of guys I could have beat. Speaking of beat, hour number two is undefeated. Check it out. Hour number two, hour number two upcoming on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Satellite Radio Channel two seventeen, and like a thousand other internet platforms, including Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel. Stay tuned. Hour number two. Guaranteed to rock, no doubt about that.
8: USA Radio News with Tim
13: Berg. Americans are paying more for everyday goods and services. Leaving some to fear an impending inflation crisis. One of the examples of increased prices is gasoline. But Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm assures on NBC's Meet the Press that prices won't stay high forever.
12: The Energy Information Agency has said that by projected again, it's very volatile. But yep. they said that by the beginning of December, the prices should come down for at the pump to three dollars and five cents. We'll see if that actually happens, but um, they are the best objective data that we have.
13: Critics argue the Biden administration's policies on energy, such as shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline, are contributing to rising gas prices. President Biden spending his last day at the G20 summit in Rome today. You're listening to USA Radio News.
12: Okay, some good news during a challenging time for everybody, and this could really help. You may know hundreds of thousands of people have already made the switch to MetaShare, which is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And with so many people looking at how they pay for health care right now, seeing premiums going up or the cost of COBRA plans, MediShare has a special offer and a lot of people are taking advantage of it. Simply apply by October 30th and they will waive your new member fee. That's $170 savings. And of course, that's just a start. The typical family saves $500 a month after making the switch. MetaShare is a Christian community that has shared over $4 billion in medical bills and it's worked beautifully for decades. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. Here it is. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE.
13: Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders says the fight for cheaper prescription drugs and the expansion of Medicare continues. The self-described socialist from Vermont telling CNN that progress is being made regarding the human infrastructure bill and that he hopes to add better Medicare to legislation before it goes up for a vote to the House. Now that the Taliban is in control of Afghanistan, they're starting to make some requests, as we hear from Brad Bernards in the West Texas USA Radio News Bureau.
8: The Taliban called on the United States and other countries on Saturday to recognize their government in Afghanistan, saying that a failure to do so and the continued freezing of Afghan funds abroad would lead to problems not only for the country, but for the world. No country has formally recognized the Taliban government since the insurgents took over the country in August.
13: Countless Americans remain in Afghanistan, stranded by the Biden administration. USA Radio News.
1: Some Americans
13: are leaving their jobs because of a coronavirus vaccination requirement. A survey from the Kaiser Family Foundation shows 5% of unvaccinated adults have done so. It comes as the feds are getting ready to roll out a rule that says companies with 100 or more employees have to require vaccination or regular testing for COVID. Allison Williams was a reporter with ESPN. She left the company because they were requiring her to get a COVID-19 vaccine.
10: I had to do what was best for my health individually, and I had to consider where my husband and I were at in our family planning. And this wasn't uh, a vaccine that I was comfortable with receiving at this time, given our our desires to grow our family. I knew I wasn't at high risk for COVID. I then got COVID. It was a very mild illness for me. So there really was no compelling health reason for me to get this injection. It really just came down to keeping my job. And I wanna make it clear, I'm not anti-vax, but I am absolutely anti mandate These are wrong. Uh, It it violates bodily autonomy. When we allow corporations or governments to tell us what is best for our health, that is a scary place to be.
13: That audio courtesy of Fox News, Florida is suing the federal government to stop the vaccine mandate aimed at federal contractors. More news online at usaradio.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg.
1: 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. That's eight hundred eight one seven twenty nine sixty eight.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, It's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council.
9: It is absolutely necessary that we all get together. We work
4: together. We respect each other. We like and love each other.
2: And now the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history. I'm getting tired of people running from me in the ring. Mike Tyson, uh, Holyfield, you a bunch of bums. Stand up and be a man and fight a real fighter. Pedro Fernandez.
3: Damos <laughs> y caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen, emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports Pylon studios. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC TV. Often imitated, but n- never duplicated 37 make that 38 plus years now of being the undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio airwaves who am i my name is pedro fernandez i'm your ever so modest host i'm also a four-time golden glove champion and and get this i'm educated so i was an award-winning boxing writer as well so i majored in journalism high school editor of the newspaper that kind of good stuff wrote in college wrote for a couple newspapers wrote for essence magazine things like that boxing monthly but the bottom line is I can ride a little bit, I can talk a little bit, but guess what? I've always found out the average fan has got a different insight to the sport of boxing than I do. So I open up the toll-free to each and at the top of each hour, and I say, if you want to win part, you can. So here is the listener line, the number, 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, there's also the guilt-free no-commitment text line. That number, 415 415- Two seven five one six one three. That's four one five two seven five one six one three. Well, Raleigh Romero's in trouble. Raleigh's a good talker, no doubt about that. I mean, I thought Raleigh was out of his mind some of the crazy stuff he said this week. And we were taking we we're taking note of the fact he was saying stuff that was so off the wall it was sort of semi-entertaining. And then it comes up with the alleged sexual assault charges. So maybe Raleigh's in trouble, maybe he isn't. Bottom line is I'm hoping that he gets to fight unless he is convicted of a crime or the allegations are so serious that you can't deny it, something like that. But if it's a he said, she said type of thing, I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt. Just me being a male, I guess. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC TV.
10: Watching the
0: man with the fat feet. Got
10: the hippie strands and the bad boogaloo. The big old bag of treats. down to the nightclub. uh uh-huh.
1: 1759 Now more Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez
2: Tower of Power Complete horn section
3: Brent Barr is on congas Man that was back in the day of course Tower of Power back 1973 This time it's real My buddy Lenny Williams on lead Of course Lenny and I still talk Lenny still performing Tower of Power still performing Check them both out LennyWilliams.com or TowerofPower.com They are performing separately Anyway, I have long campaigned for a division between heavyweight and cruiserweight. The reason why I have is that you get caught in between weight classes and you, like, have no chance. You just have, absolutely have no chance in combat sports because either you're going to be at a disadvantage or you're going to be, yeah, that's basically what it's at. You're going to be at a disadvantage because you're going to be fighting at a, at a weight class in which you're, like, yeah, the guys are bigger than you. It just are. I mean, you know, the fact that guys weigh 250, 260 pounds, now, 270 pounds, uh, Tyson Fury, 277 in his last fight, um, you know, that's, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of weight. So if you got a guy that's like 225 pounds, is it fair for a guy 220 to take on a guy that's 50 pounds heavier than him? Come on. I mean, why do we have these weight divisions to begin with? I mean, we've got 100, 105, 108. 112, 115, 118, 122, 126, 130, 135, 140, 147, 154, 160, 168, 175, uh, cruiserweight, and of course heavy uh bridgeweight, the new division now by the WBC Bridgeweight. That's gonna be the, the that's what it's called, the 224 pound division. And then, and then they got the heavyweight division. So those are all the divisions of boxing. Now why do they have weight divisions? Because size matters in two things. Here we go, pornography and combat sports, okay? This is combat sports. So I don't think anybody should step into a, 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 an athletic event with a 40- or 50-pound weight advantage, not even if you're fat-ass Andy Ruiz, or Andy Reese, as Hector actor likes to call him. But the bottom line is not even if you're fat, fat old Andy Ruiz. You shouldn't come in there with a 40- or 50-pound weight advantage. I think that fighters should be reasonably, like, you know, relatively the same size. You know what I mean? Heavyweight champion of the world, should he be, like, 19 feet tall? And, and 600 pounds or something like that? I mean, you get a guy that big? Well, come on. There's not going to be no, no heavyweight boxing. It's be just, just be the one guy. So the fact that they've got now, you know, Anthony Joshua, he's got eliminated from the heavyweight picture. Yes, he's eliminated. Oleg Usek has eliminated him because they will fight again, and Oleg will light him up again, just like the White House Christmas tree that he did the first time. I'm telling you, this, is, this wasn't a tough fight. This was the easy, one of the easier fights of Oleksandr career, yeah, he took a few bumps and a few bruises, but he was willing to commit himself. See, you've got to be able to gamble in this sport, in this business. It's a business and a sport. Probably a business first, but you've got to gamble in this. Ray Leonard told me that in 1989. He's, you know, he said, "Pay, I said, pay." Right, right. Well, how do you, how does a great fighter? How, what makes it hurt? what makes for a great fighter? We're kicking around in a hot tub, looking at our feet, and he said, um. The willingness to gamble, Pedro. You got to be willing to gamble. You got to be willing to go for it, this and that. You know, and I think he's right because you know, had you, had I taken uh, my opponents to the point where I maybe I just wanted a box instead of just like gamble and go for it, I probably wouldn't have done that well. I wasn't the th- I wasn't the greatest thinking boxer in the world. I just wasn't. I was more like. I could jab and brute force my win and then try to work you out and beat you up. That's what I wanted to do. Of course, people like Hector never threw a punch without thinking about it beforehand. So I don't get it. You know what I mean? Those guys are like proficient boxers. I'm a proficient tough guy. I think that's what it is. Anyway, Oscar Rivas. Give Oscar Rivas props. 28-1. I think what he lost that one fight, who was it? To Dillian White. He lost to Dillion White. Of course, that was by points. But... He acquitted himself well, but he was too small. He was too small in that fight, no doubt about that. So this new division makes for a great, great division, no doubt about that. As far as guys, they sort of are too small for... Too small for heavyweight and too big for cruiserweight, 224 pounds. This guy, Ryan Razaki, though, he only weighed in 203 pounds. He's a former cruiserweight. He only put on three pounds over the weight limit. He sort of looked a little bit outsized. He came in 13 You know, Good record, no doubt about that. But Rivas is the real deal as far as his bridgeweight uh, decision, uh, division is concerned. 115-112, 116-11, and 115-112. That's those are pretty good points. When no doubt about it, that, Rivas was deducted a point in round twelve for a low blow. A Cuban throwing a low blow? You got to be kidding me! Anyway, the bottom line is this guy looks like he can fight. He can fight. This is that one loss to Austin, to uh, Dillian White. Speaking of Dillian White, he and Tyson Fury. What does Dillian White have on Barry Hearn? Does he have like Barry Hearn like with with hookers or something like that? I mean, does you know, Barry Hearn snorting cocaine or or passing around the? You know, I don't know. What's he got on Barry Hearn? Because Barry Hearn is dead set on getting this guy title fights. I mean, he will do anything to get this guy title, but absolutely anything, okay? Not selling, maybe include Sella's mother. I kid you not. It's sort of like, Dillian White's got to get a shot. Dillian White's got to get a shot. Over and over and over and over again. Even when Dillian White got lit up like Alexander, by Alexander Povetkin last year when he got destroyed in four rounds, of course, he came back and uh, he beat Povetkin in the rematch, of course, but Povetkin had COVID. I mean, he had COVID and he had to fight a few weeks later. Come on, coincidence? He looked like spit with an H? No, I don't think so. But the bottom line is, Dillian White has never impressed me ever, 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 ever. And I think when he and Tyson Fury hook it up, of course, we're probably going to go at Wembley Stadium. I don't know if Wembley is going to go as far as a full stadium is concerned. Like people, if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated or wearing masks and not wearing masks, something like that. But this is Tyson Fury's next fight. No doubt about it. I mean, it's it's going to go down and probably go down inside the UK, and of course, that's got to go down inside the UK. Wembley Stadium, probably the the uh, Wembley Stadium, probably the site, no doubt about the ven- the venue. Now, I'd like to go over for these fights because I got to tell you, you've never been to a fight card until you've been to a fight card. I mean, a big championship fight card in the UK. Wow, I went over. You HBO flew me over there for the um mm, the um the Prince Nassim Ahmed Vunjani Bungu fight. I think this was in. 2001, 2002, somewhere around there, before he got lit up by Barrera and exposed we'll talk about Princess Imahmed. E. Of course, now he was a 126-pound champion. Now now he could be the 261-pound champion if he were to fight. That's how big he is. Anyway, Princess e. Med, he fought Von Johnny Bungu. It was an event. The Rolling Stones were there. I was in the bathroom, shared the urinal with Ron Wood of the Rolling Stones Asked him why he was kissing Puff Daddy's ass. Of course, he was kissing Puff Daddy's ass. Let me tell you about Puff Daddy. Sean Coombs, because the king of rap or arm, whatever you want. Anyway, bottom line, um he was at the the fight the Hamed fight with with Johnny Bungu Hamed won inside the distance and so I went to Hamed's dressing room waiting for Hamed to come out because I'm going to walk with him to do to the uh, press conference he was pretty cool he was really cool with me really cool with me so I smelled all this weed and we're not talking about trash weed I mean I know marijuana and this was some of the I said man that smells like almost hash okay so anyway who was smoking it Puff Daddy, Sean Coombs. He was smoking it right outside of uh, of his dressing room here in Wembley Stadium. i talking about Prince Nassim Hamed's dressing room. So anyway, I talked with him a couple, for a couple seconds back and forth. I had no idea he was Puff Daddy. I didn't even know who Puff Daddy was. I had no idea who Puff Daddy was. But I was wondering why later when I hooked up with Ron Wood, I was talking to Ron Wood of the Rolling Stones, and we were going into detail on the Stones, and, of course, he was with um. Faces and the Rod Stewart band before he came to the Rolling Stones Of course. He went to the Rolling Stones after Brian Jones Sort of drowned in the swimming pool. I believe he was the lead guitarist of the original Rolling Stones guitarist anyway Ron Wood He's kissing Puff Daddy's ass I mean he's following Puff Daddy around like 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 a like a dog chasing another dog in heat I was like eee. I wasn't like eee. this is not cool the Rolling Stones kissing this guy's ass Why is he kissing this guy's ass? He kept doing it and doing it and doing it doing it? so we ended up at this post fight party at some restaurant somewhere in London, anyway, some nightclub restaurant they converted into a party because Seth Abraham, he was the HBO CEO at the time, the CEO of sports, and he knew how to throw parties. He knew how to throw parties, man. And he had the Rolling Stones there, he had all kinds of celebs there. It was hot, it was Rogan rocking and rolling. So I went into the bathroom, I was in the urinal. in the urinal, he's standing in front of the urinal. You can imagine what I'm doing, and Ron Wood comes up. So Ron Wood comes up and he or is he, uh, he's He and I are like Side by side. So I said to him, hey, man, you're a Rolling Stone. Why the hell are you kissing Puff Daddy's ass like that? I mean, you know, why? He goes, because he's got the best damn weed, man. I said, huh? Yeah, it was the weed. Puff Daddy had the best weed in London, no doubt about that. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking into the world of boxing, MMA. Of course, brought to you by the World Boxing Council. You can check out Mauricio Suleiman, the president of the World Boxing Council and his interactive website at wbcboxing.com. This is Ring Talk, often imitated, but never duplicated. I'll bring in the instigator uh, herself, Clara Burke, in the next segment because last week, is, last week we did a couple segments together, but it was like an insider's conversation. When I listened to it again on the, on the replay, the Sports Byline replay, I realized, you know, not a whole lot of people were getting what we were talking about. We got off on it, but I don't know if the listeners did, so I'm going to try to re- re- readdress that in this show. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC-TV.
1: You're
2: listening to Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC, right here on Sports Byline. This is the theme of my
3: day and my life every day. You ought to be having fun, no doubt about that. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live, Worldwide, and WBC-TV. As I mentioned before the break, this young lady was with me recently, but we had such an insider's conversation that I think the only one that got it was me and her. So I'm going to try to go over this one more time. Her name is Claire Burke. She is a boxing activist, per se, manager. Prom- what Have you, have you ever been a cut man? What haven't you done?
10: I Actually, I have been a cut man. Oh, I knew
3: it. I knew it. See, I knew so, it.
10: So, yeah, prior it. to boxing, I worked in... Um, in the um, operating room and I trained neurosurgeons how to do new procedures in surgery and head trauma. So I can do stitches. I can do all that stuff. <laughs> okay. I, I stumbled
3: in. Every time I open the door with Claire, I never know what's going to come out. Um, all right. right. All right. Let's, <laughs> let, 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 let's talk about some of the, the dirty aspects of boxing. Are there promoters out there that do not pay boxers?
10: Absolutely. Who are they? I you know I call, um, let's see Langston King. And where's he? Uh, he and where's, where's, does where's a lot of stuff in?
3: Okay, where's he, Langston he King? In, out. So, uh,
10: he lives in Tennessee. He started doing shows in uh, Memphis, other areas of Tennessee. Then mm-hmm. he moved to. He tried Michigan. He also I don't think he ever got approved in Ohio. And now he's currently in Florida. Florida is completely aware that he still owes fighters from his last fight. So now, you know, and he didn't pay like the commentator, he didn't pay a lot of people. So what he does is he pays for Mayweather to um, to take pictures with him, and then he promotes that he's friends with Mayweather, that he's doing stuff with Mayweather, it. so it gives people a comfortable feeling. He offers the fighters more money than they deserve for the fights that they're fighting. So, so they're, fighting, then, they're, they're fighting basically la- they're fighting
3: under an illusion.
10: <laughs> exactly, and then after the fight, the last fight's done, he's already checked.